Oliver Dixon on SAFM. The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is nine minutes after 10 a.m. You're listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for joining us. It is an honor and a pleasure to be in your company. Very important conversation we're about to have. And I will admit, this conversation never truly sprung to mind for me until last week. The gentleman joining us for this conversation, Alan Brody, he's the CEO of SA Harvest. And we're going to be talking about food waste on the one hand, hunger on the other hand, and the relationship between the two. But there also is a solution to all of it. We can reduce food waste and solve for hunger, and there are ways about which we can do there are ways in which we can go about doing that. That's the conversation. I'd like for you to be a part of it. Give me a call. 086-000-2032. Alan, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Oliver. How are you this morning? I'm fantastic, Alan. How are you doing? Yeah, fantastic too. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on your great show. It's an absolute pleasure. So, Alan, I, I, I don't ordinarily think about food waste at, 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 at an industrial scale. Uh, I may sometimes think about hunger at a national scale, but really as a subset of uh, all issues pertaining to poverty, right? Uh, but never in its own specificity. But you do that every yeah. day. Last week, yeah. I had an extemporaneous conversation with you, and my eyes nearly popped out of my skull when you told me the scale of food waste and hunger in South Africa. Let's perhaps start there. How bad is the hunger crisis in South Africa? Well, um, in a word, it's catastrophic. We are a country of, what, about 60 million, 65 million people. And one third of those people, including millions of children, are in a severe state of food vulnerability, 20 million people that is, ranging from going to bed hungry every night, and that includes millions of children, to our everlasting shame. And uh, the spectrum goes from that up to uh, people who run out of money uh, every month. So, yeah, the only way to describe this is catastrophic. And, and, you know, Oliver, we're talking about a country where there's an excess of food. It's not like there's no food. Yeah. What are the implications? Um, We'll get to the the, the actual food supply management and waste end of it. But just on hunger, it, it sounds like one thing to say 20 million people go to bed hungry every night or most nights. But what does that actually mean for them? What does the what are the implications of hunger? Because hunger is translates into a medical crisis. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely correct. I mean, we have um, um, so many of our children stunted. In other words, they don't grow to their full potential physically. And when you're hungry, you can't go to and concentrate in school. You can't do your best. And when you haven't got an education, um, you know, what happens in the end is a propensity for violence, uh, for home violence. And it's a fundamental uh, shattering, really, of our socioeconomic situation. 
So it's it's not just you know being hungry. It has these ramifications mm. that are, are are absolutely diabolical. When you say children experience stunted growth, what what does what does that mean? Well, I mean they haven't had nutrition, the basic uh, fuel for growing up as a normal physical and mental human being is to have nutritious food from when you're a child. Many of our children, um, you know, don't, don't get nutritious food from day one. Their mothers are in terrible problems. Um, they, 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 they aren't able to produce enough milk. Um, and also they aren't be able to produce expensive um, and nutritious uh, you know, uh, substance, food substance for, for children. So that's what it means. You've got to have nutrition all your life, and this is what we lack. Mm. And, you know, just to add to that, it's an interesting concept that, that South Africa is one of the worst in the world for having obese people. Obesity is massive with those obese people actually starving. So you can be very obese and yet you're starving because – what you've been doing is you've been relying on very on the cheapest type of food like milli meal, which has absolutely no nutrition. It solves your hunger and you get uh, 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 fatter and fatter from it, but you aren't getting the nutrition that you require to have a normal, healthy life. Alan, what are you saying? I should stop eating pup? I enjoy a nice serving of pup. I mean, I can't make pup, but I enjoy a nice serving. <laughs> okay, but, but what do you weigh? <laughs> yeah, that's a different question altogether. Uh, so it's it's it seems like an oxymoron oxymoronic concept that you can have uh, obese people, but they're starving. Yeah, it is an oxymoron, but the fact of the matter is, is uh, you know it's it's based on, on 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 the workings of the human body. So let's then go back to that twenty million figure. Do we have twenty million people who do not receive the requisite nutrition? Or do we have 20 million people who are just actually starving? That's to say no food at all, whether balanced nutrition or not. So I want to say this to you, you know, Oliver, that uh, wherever you do get the data from and whenever we do research, they're, 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 it's not always 100% clear. A lot of stuff uh, that should be researched and that should be looked into is not looked into in, 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 in the deepest and most thorough way. But this is a common figure that's, that's used around our industry. And uh, from, uh, you know, many uh, uh, foreign types of uh, organizations that look into it, like the WWF and so on. And the, to answer your question, you take 20 million people, as I said, it's really a spectrum. Mm. Um, mm. Many of those millions are people who go to sleep hungry every night. Mm. Then the spectrum goes further up where people have money, um, um, but but aren't able to afford the money for the rest of the, rest of the month. Mm. Now, mm. In, 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 in food insecurity, the single biggest reason for food insecurity in South Africa, for food insecurity, child malnutrition and hunger, is the unaffordability of food. Almost all households purchase all of their food, and for the majority of these households, the money available for food is insufficient, you know, to purchase a basic basket of nutrition. Yeah. You know, um, access to affordable food 
affordable, nutritious food is the greatest single problem in South Africa. And we have a broken food chain that is fundamentally the cause of that. It's interesting that you say we have a broken food chain that's fundamentally the cause of that. Because my next question is going to be, why do 20 million South Africans go to bed hungry? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 if you take the sort of structural reasons for that, there's a certain history uh, that, 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 that is, you know, illustrates the point. When the uh, ANC took over in, in, after independence, uh, many of their um, benefactors, whether they be people like the World Bank, organization like the World Bank or, or other countries that were benefactors, the stipulation was a sort of um, libertarian capitalist one. In other words, leave the markets alone. We give you money, you just step out of the markets. You're a capitalist society, and that's how it must move on. Now, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a discussion of the rights and wrongs of capitalism. Yeah. But there's no doubt that what happens is if you leave a system, you don't interfere or, or, or interact with the system, um, the strong get stronger and the weak get weaker and the poor get poorer. So what happens, because the ANC are absolutely uninvolved in the food chain, the people like the retailers who, and, and you can't blame them, they're in a system, you say they look at an advantage, they're public companies, they, they've got shareholders to perform for, they've got to make profit, and the shareholders are, are, are the kings. So what happens is, for example, and they put downward pressure on supply. So, for example, you used to be able to make a living out of 50 cows, 20 cows. You worked in the community. People came, bought from Farmgate at Farmgate prices. And with such downward pressure on prices, the small farmer gets obliterated. And that's what's happened. So think about it. Now you can't have 50 or 20 or 100 cows. You need 7,000 cows. That's the sort of number. My goodness. Now, who can afford 7,000 cows? Only the biggest of the big. And what happens is they um, have to now be part of the process where they sell to uh, the, 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 the manufacturers or the retailers. You get their price. You get a price for transport, a margin added on from transport to manufacture, from manufacture to transport, from transport to retailer, from retailer, big margin onto, um, onto the consumer. Now, we have to understand, Oliver, that 96% of the food is sold by retailers in a country which should be doing so much more to um, enable farm gate prices, to enable a different type of system. And, uh, you know, for example, they have to help build direct linkages between producers and communities so that the production goes to communities directly and works through there, supporting township food economies. Instead of supporting township food economies, these um, informal traders are thrown off pavements or thrown out of taxi ranks. In a country which is a third world country, where this type of informal economy could become an absolute amazing feature, 
uh, it's just not happening. It's completely, um, um, you know, it's it's completely the wrong thing to be doing. It's inappropriate in our country. That, that's a lot, Alan. Um, and 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 yeah, I think I'm we need sorry. to. <laughs> I think we need to slow it down in certain aspects yeah. and, and 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 zoom in on there. Crystallize this for me. Right. I, Oliver, should wake up and be able to walk to a farmhouse let's say call it let's call it the farmer's market on the weekend and get at the cheapest rate my potatoes my tomatoes my carrots my cabbage uh and my rice uh on the weekend and that will sustain me and my family for the weekend maybe we'd like some meat as well and at the cheapest rate be able to get that and it would be significantly less than if i had walked to my local retailer the local supermarket and had bought it there Am I understanding that value chain and ecosystem correct? So, yes, I think so. I'm not, uh, you know, using yourself as an example. Um, and I, I hope I'm not uh, jumping on something and being uh, sort of too detailed about it. But when you use yourself, I understand that we're talking about a middle class person. Yeah, yeah. Now, now for the middle class, the middle class, it's, it's, it is different. For a middle class, you know, the supermarket means certain things. It's uh, availability. Uh, they're able to pop around the corner and they and they have the money. I mean, it is expensive. We all know that. And there's been massive inflation. Ukraine has, has, has helped that. Load shedding is huge in inf- inflation of food prices. But at the end of the day, we're talking about people who really cannot afford this. They paid, uh, you know, uh, a, a measly sum, uh, 30% of the in, uh, uh, disposable income goes to transport. Yeah. And I mean, I'll give you I'll give you an example. If you don't mind, you tell me if I'm going on too much, Oliver, and, and you, you ask questions. But I want to give you an example. We are opening up our fourth branch in Lusiki Siki. And, and for those of your listeners who don't know where that is, it's near Umtata. Not far from Tata on the on the east coast of of the Eastern Cape, mm. Lusiki Siki is a devastated area. Now, what happens there is you have this little town. Its road looks like it was hit by several bombs, and the reason for that is the road is filled all day with thirty-ton interlinks bringing food to the supermarkets. Now, what happens there is the gogos. Usually, it's up to them. Have to come in from the countryside by taxi, which costs them up to 30, 15 rand there, 15 rand back. It's probably 33% of their disposable income. Mm. Stand in a queue all day, waiting. The queues are unbelievable there, waiting for um, their turn. They then buy a little packet of food, perhaps for the week. Then they go back via taxi, and this process goes on and on. So those are the people we're talking about. Right, and right. And if we, if, if we had a more uh, 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 equitable system where they could buy around them, near them, um, and if, you know, if, if food could be done in that way without the margin, think about the margin. Mm. The food comes from Durban or, 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 or Port Elizabeth or, or originally from Johannesburg. The cost of transport, and in the end, they're paying a huge margin, which is really unnecessary. Mm. 
So am I, let me then rephrase. The poorest of the poor of South Africa cannot afford food. Not that there is a lack of food. There is an affordability crisis amongst the poor of the poor. 100%. So if we have enough food, what happens to all of it? Well, as, as I think I said in the beginning, a lot of that food goes to waste, 10 million tons. Now, when you talk about 10 million tons, you know, in our industry, we, uh, we measure a meal as 333 grams, and people can, can uh, um, visualize that. But when they go into a restaurant and they order like a 200-gram steak and some salad and some veggies and so on, it's, it's 333 grams, in other words, three meals per kilogram, is, is a healthy meal. Yeah. Now, if you take 333 grams and you take 10 million tons of food that goes to waste, you're looking at the equivalent of 30 billion meals. Mm. 